God says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, the wages of sin is death. God sent his son to pay that debt. And when the son died, justice was satisfied. The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of That Good Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Arnett, a.k.a. Uncle Marco, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Seth Carter, a.k.a. Little Nephew. Hey, what's up, guys? (laughs) You like that? Little Nephew? Little Nephew. Yeah. We're uh, glad y'all are joining us back. Hopefully, um, you've went back and and caught up on a few of our episodes, all 25 of you that listen uh, regularly. We appreciate it, definitely. And... uh, Continue to listen. We're going to drop another dime on you here tonight with some more gospel truth from the Bible. Uh, Before we get into this, let's take a second to give a shout out to our sponsor, one and only, but also accepting applications for other sponsors. If y'all want to uh, sponsor us, let us know. Let me know. uh, uh, I about said the Good Medicine Podcast. The Narrow Gate Boutique is our sponsor. Uh, you can see the website. Uh, their website is narrowgateboutique.etsy.com. Go on there, check it out. Check out the Facebook page. Pretty sure she has Instagram, all that stuff too. Um, go check it out. T-shirts, Bible tabs, all kinds of cool accessories. Um, and be sure to use the promo code Good Medicine, and you get a 20% discount. So go check that out. And Seth, before we get started tonight, um, I've, I have totally left it off the past few episodes, but our goal of this podcast is to encourage fellow believers and to point unbelievers to Christ alone for salvation. So it's important we mention that because we're not just uh, making episodes of podcasts just to stir up a bunch of strife and make people mad. We really uh, honestly are doing this to try to address things from a biblical perspective, looking through the scriptures and tackling things that are difficult conversations to have that people seem to not really want to have conversations about you know it's like they steer away from subjects that they make them feel uncomfortable and those are the exact things that we want to talk about so uh, we do want to mention that the goal of our podcast just in case anybody's forgot we're not here to just cause a bunch of trouble and make people mad Uh, but before we get into that seth for a random question tonight um what is a food that you eat every morning or not every morning but what's a common food in the morning for you coffee okay you so you just eat the beans straight I up i pretty or? much eat the beans <laughs> <laughs> no 
I drink. I usually fast in the morning when I wake up. I usually just drink black coffee. Oh yeah. If I do eat breakfast, it's either just bacon and yeah. eggs. Are you fasting like trying not to eat, or are you like fasting and praying? It's definitely not spiritual. It's yeah. just to lose weight. <laughs> because I, I mean, I felt horrible just now when you said I usually wake up and fast. I, like, I thank God I'm not like other men. Yeah, it's like you old Pharisee. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I guess for me, it would be. Um, this is awful, but uh, little Debbie, <laughs> Swiss cake rolls. Get that probably, pancreas going right yeah, first like thing to, in the morning. I like to get that diabetes flared up real quick in the morning. So well, you uh, keep at it. You were have it. I know. Yeah, I'm already cutting off circulation by sitting down here. But anyways, uh, that's a pretty good one. The uh, this morning I had Swiss cake roll for breakfast. That was. What's bad is Reed was sitting at the table, and I walked by him this morning. You know he was eating for breakfast? What? A fudge round. Like, like father, like son. Like father, like son. Only thing he didn't have was a uh, was a cup of coffee in his hand. Marshall was eating a bagel like an Englishman or something. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Anyway, so tonight's topic, we're going to talk about what is biblical preaching. Um, so I opened up with the scripture there in Second uh, Timothy chapter four, and let's just kick it off with this, Seth, and I'll, I'll I'm gonna just make a point out of uh, verse two, and then I'll kick it over to you. But what is biblical preaching? Verse two of Second Timothy four tells us um, Paul speaking to Timothy here. He says there's three words that start this out, and that sums up what is biblical preaching: preach the word. It should go, I mean, honestly, without saying, but biblical preaching is the preaching of the Scriptures. Yeah. When we talk about biblical preaching, we're talking about expository preaching. You explain what Scripture says. It's preaching that actually is rooted and grounded in Scripture. It starts with a text and finishes with a text. It's supported by other texts of Scripture to go along with it. Expository preaching or biblical preaching is Scripture-driven. Um, the preacher shouldn't have anything to say that's apart from the word of God you read the text you explain the text and apply the text you teach and preach what the text of scripture actually means in its context you want to deliver the same meaning the original author that wrote the book meant and not vary away from it is what we're talking about when it comes to biblical or expository preaching yeah so something we talk about pretty often on this podcast is um, teaching and preaching in context. So for somebody that's that's listening to this, they may say, y'all are above my head with what you're talking about, talking about context. What, is that, what does that mean? Um, what it means to go in the context is you look at who the book is written to, mm-hmm. who wrote the book, who the audience is. Is it written to unbelievers, believers? Is it a church epistle? What type of literature it is? There's poetry. There's... Uh, there's scripture that's apocalyptic there's scripture that's parables that right there yeah yeah so um a lot of times probably from the background that that we have came from um we and and especially in this area i won't even say just the background we've came from in the area that we live uh in the bible belt the things that we hear a lot are verses of scripture or little passages of scripture that are taken out of context so what we mean we say that a lot so i think it's important we describe what it means what we mean when we say that somebody's taken a scripture out of context is they've pulled you know a handful of verses or a verse or even sometimes a phrase out of a verse 
and um, preached a sermon or taught a, a lesson and pulled that scripture completely out of the setting that that the um, scripture was originally written. They pull it out of the context of um, the people that it was written to. They pull it out of the context of um, the point that's trying to be, uh, you know, uh, conveyed to the listeners there. Uh, and so pulling scripture out of context, we, we talked about, um, we call it cherry-picking scripture, um, and that would be uh, an uh, example of not biblical preaching, is uh, taking something uh, that was written to the Romans, um, in, in Romans 10, for example, and something that Paul may have been you know, writing there by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and just pulling a, a bit of a verse there. Let me just give you an example of what it would sound like. Uh, in verse 18 um, let's see let me find something here Uh, in verse 19 let's say uh, but I say surely Israel did not know did they first Moses says I will make you jealous by that which is not a nation by a nation without understanding will I anger you so if somebody was going to take that verse and, and pull it out of context they could say they would say something along the lines of well, God gave me this thought about being jealous. We shouldn't be jealous. Uh, and they would go back to the scripture and say, well, uh, Romans ten 19, I'll make you jealous. Um, and so we shouldn't be jealous. That would yeah. be an example of, of pulling scripture out of context. Yeah, that's an example. That's and a horrible explanation, too, <laughs> of what it means. I mean, I was fumbling all over the place. But sadly, that's you hear a lot of preaching that's like that. Yeah. You take a thought out of not even a thought you take a scripture out of context and mm-hmm. read your thought into it just to make it sound right mm-hmm. to yourself and it's not biblical preaching sadly yeah so i mean just saying well i was driving down the road and i and i got to thinking about uh about doves and then so they would preach a sermon on how when jesus was baptized there and uh, and the dove descended. And the dove descended. A spirit descended on the, upon them like a dove. Yes. Yeah, that's that's pitiful. But sadly, we hear stuff like yeah. that behind the pulpit yeah. preached. Yeah, and so it's that's why it's important. Um, and I, we're not here picking fun at anybody. That if you you know teach or preach messages like that, um, what we would tell you is to change now. Yeah, to <laughs> repent. Repent and love. We encourage you to repent and turn from that. Yeah, um, when you're studying for uh, a message to preach or to teach, look at what the scripture says. It says said who it's written to, what was going on at that time. All those things play a factor into to, to how that scripture um, plays out. And now, definitely, there's application, and that'll be the argument: is well, what about application? Well, there's always application in the scriptures. Uh, there's application to, to the people that it was written to at that time. There's there's application throughout the history of the church. But there's I mean there's all you're always going to find some type of application to our lives as well. Um, but, yeah, but the problem is, is when it comes to application, people sometimes go into left field on it. And, yes, and get way way out of bounds with yeah. it, and it don't even have anything to do with the text. Yeah. So like the example I used, Romans ten and nineteen about not being jealous. I mean, obviously, jealousy um, is not something that we would t- tell people to be, you know, go out and be jealous. It's a good thing. That's not what we're saying. But uh, if you just take a verse of Scripture and say, well, you know, the Bible says uh, don't be jealous, and then you grab a piece of Scripture and try to make it mean whatever you're thinking 
you know, you could have a an idea on your mind about butterflies and find something in the Bible that relates to it. Oh yeah, another one that's took out of context so bad and it's mostly used by unbelievers is is uh, judge not or else be judged. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew in Matthew chapter seven, I believe it is. That's pulled out of context so bad. Yeah, it's true. That's talking to the Pharisees about unrighteous judgment and everything. We're called in the Bible to judge preaching, to judge. Uh, Apostles. Well, we don't have to worry about apostles now, but right. in that time they was called to judge apostles to see if they was true. Yeah. The Bible clearly tells you how to judge. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you got onto that because this uh, this you know people a lot of people that listen to this maybe they're not teachers or preachers, uh, so you can say well what does this what does this mean to me you know why would I listen to this on what biblical preaching is I want to give you an example out of scripture uh, of a group of people. In, uh, in Acts 17, let me get here. Acts 17 um, and verses 10 through 15. Uh, it's a group of people you may have, have heard of them before. It was the Bereans. Uh, and so they were commended in Scripture because of their diligence to basically test what Paul was saying. Yeah. Um, and so let's read it here. It says in verse 10, uh, The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now, these were uh, more noble-minded than those of Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, um, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. So how does this apply to somebody who is, is it just a church member? You know, they're coming and they're hearing sermons every Sunday. How does this, how does this uh, episode apply to you? Well, take this example of the Bereans here. Um, they were eager to hear the word of God. They were eager to hear what God had to say through his word. Um, but what did they also do? They examined the scriptures daily to see if Paul was just blowing hot air or if he was actually, you know, preaching what the scripture actually says. Um, so for somebody that's, a, you know, you're a church member, you're at a church and you're hearing preaching uh, week in, week out, uh, examine what you're hearing as, is this biblical? Is this scripture does the preacher have bible to back up does he have chapter book and verse to back up his opinion i heard something this week and i won't you know name anybody's name or anything like that but somebody was talking about trump and pence being in the uh in the bible and they were told somebody was told uh, by a preacher that that trump and pence were actually mentioned in the bible and this person asked that person well what do you have a book and a chapter and a verse that you can give me and that person said um well, you know, it don't come out and say that. Well, I would call that person's hand to say, uh, repent and examine the scriptures. If if you, you know, you can read whatever you want to in the scriptures, but uh, we get in it's serious trouble and serious danger when we start uh, having thoughts and having ideas and we start reading that into the scripture that if, if we're reading something, if I'm thinking about ice cream, I'm going to read something in the scripture that, you know, makes me more hungry by reading it. You know, I'm going to read about manna, you know, if I'm thinking about ice cream. Um, so that was just, you know, that's an example of something I heard this week that somebody said. And I was just like, I mean, my my face when I heard it, I was like, you know, how, how could somebody say that? How could they really say that? And it's honestly um, reading their thoughts into the Scripture. You got any comments on that? I just think it's very dangerous to do that because when you're explaining the text – well, if when you preach, 
expository you're explaining the text you're pulling doctrine from the text that's mm-hmm. what you're doing there's yeah. theology in every text you are to teach what the text actually teaches and says is what's so important you teach about what it says about god what it says about man what it says about salvation what it says about biblical last things and you apply that text to the contemporary world, the modern-day world that we live in today, in an accurate manner that fully relates to the text. You want to simply convict and comfort people mm-hmm. through preaching. Yeah. You want to kindly tear down and build up people through the preaching of God's Word. Yeah, true biblical preaching should confront people to have an encounter with God and the God of the Bible mm-hmm. and not just a made-up idea of uh, guilt that they have or I mean I've heard it said a million times and it is a true statement well you know how can you how can you know that you're lost and, and except you realize that you're actually a sinner you know um, so unbiblical preaching would not confront sin it would it would um, we see this a lot in, in uh, you know different circles in the evangelical churches is um, the the tendency to steer away from the hard sayings, the hard things, and even when Jesus was teaching, they they came to him and said, "This is a hard saying. Who can keep it?" Um, but it, it, he didn't stop teaching them just because no, they, it was hard. Going. Yeah, um, and so Paul, the same way, um, you know, he wasn't mean spirited about it. There was a few times we read in the scriptures where he was, you know, ready, ready to uh, take a the gospel machine gun to what they were being taught, but. Um, he didn't steer away from the hard things, the hard sayings, the hard uh, doctrines, and and uh, things that was that weren't theologically sound. He still addressed those things. So we hear a lot of times like doctrine is a bad word, theology is a bad word. We don't need to get into that. We don't need to get into doctrine. We don't need to get into theology. When Paul specifically told Timothy to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Um, so it's not uh, that we just teach people and tell people things to work up emotions uh, because sure there's things we can say that can really just crank it in on somebody to where it makes them cause them to have an emotional experience we've talked about that before um but to really examine the scriptures and teach people sound doctrine sound doctrine is not my ideas it's not my thoughts it's not a thought i had driving down the road today because that would be divine revelation and there's no more of that um the scriptures closed there's 66 books uh, Hebrews tells us that God, uh, when he spoke to us in his son, he spoke to us purpose, purpose, perfectly. There was no need to for anything divine revelation after that. He spoke to Jesus Christ, and he spoke these things, and that was it. Uh, that's what we have to go off of. So, I don't know. You got anything else? This is such a danger to unbiblical preaching. The pulpit drives a church, and if you don't have a church that's driven by the word of God, mm-hmm you have basically a social gathering from somebody's just preaching their own ideology and thoughts and everything. Um, expository preaching helps shape and conform to the church to the image of the Son of God. Mm-hmm. It helps people be more Christ-like. It helps people be filled with the Spirit of God. And unbiblical preaching simply quenches uh, the Holy Spirit. It hinders the Holy Spirit's work to take the things of God and to apply it to the hearts of the people and when the word is not being preached and dealt with correctly and and it's being mishandled you cannot have the holy spirit doing his work in the hearts of people Mm -hmm. yeah um it is it's a dangerous thing and uh, i've got this verse of scripture wrote down here in romans 10 and 17 says so faith 
comes from hearing and hearing by my opinion nope no hearing by my preferences nope i have them you have them we all have preferences uh hearing by our our tradition of our church nope what does faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of christ so um the scripture is very clear that uh we don't need opinions of man we don't need um, my commentary on things we don't need Seth's commentary on things we need what God said that's the final say yeah anything else is basically I mean we can we can say things that uh, I won't even say I won't say contribute but we can say things that would agree with what scripture says but anything that we say that doesn't agree with what scripture says we're wrong um, and so you know, we talked about um, taking scripture out of context, reading our own ideas and thoughts into scripture. That's probably the most common thing um, that I have heard as of late is people taking something and just running with it and pull and trying to. They they start out like this: they have a thought or something that's on their mind. They open their Bibles and they flip through sixty six books and try to find something that would uh, that would sound like or or go along with go, their thought yeah relate with with their thought and that's so contrary to what Paul told Timothy he said preach the word don't preach your thought yeah um, and I mean if somebody's preaching you know if they have a, a thought or something that's on their mind to preach or to teach on it should be lining up with scripture it shouldn't be contrary to what the what the scripture teaches um, and so that's that's something that's dangerous that I hear so much of is uh, somebody preaching on a thought. And so the opposite of um, expository preaching is topical preaching. Now, before everybody throws the brakes on here and goes nuts about this, um, I've heard uh, topical sermons that uh, people preach expository through yeah. these sermons. And I've heard great, great sermons. I've preached, preached like topical sermons from an expository standpoint. Yeah. And that's, I think that's still a faithful way to. It to is. Preach. It's nothing wrong with preaching a topical sermon as long as it comes. From, from the, the Bible. Yeah. And so when we say topical, uh, we're not talking about somebody that's preaching on a topic and then, you know, going throughout the Scripture and, exp- you know, explaining what the Scripture says on that topic. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is somebody that has a topic or an idea and they go and pick a verse here and a verse there and, you know, they're walking through the Bible picking flowers of things that they that match up to their thought. Um, that That's the opposite of... Uh, what we would call expository preaching, which Seth explained, just means uh, explaining what the Bible says. Yeah, and we want to look at how people preached in the Bible. You look at Jesus. He was an expository preacher, mm-hmm. the greatest preacher that ever lived. Yeah. God incarnated, preached expositionally. He took Scripture from the Old Testament. He explained his parables. He elaborated on stuff that people didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was an expository preacher. Yeah. Peter, when he's preaching. Yeah. Paul, when he's preaching, yeah. they're all explaining the scriptures. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was thinking of uh, of Stephen in Acts chapter seven, and man, <laughs> I mean, just I mean, he he brought some fire with a, an expository mm-hmm. sermon of of preaching, uh, and man, he just gave it to him from the Old Testament up until that point. If we're going to be condemned. Uh, I can't. We're not going to be condemned by something that somebody says, by somebody's opinion of me or somebody's opinion of you. Uh, we're going to be condemned. It's going to be by God's word. If we're going to be justified, it's going to be by God's word. Uh, and so that's why it's so dangerous to get out of that. So, what's some other examples of uh, of 
things that people do that that steer away from biblical preaching i tell you what's dangerous is is when you have certain church traditions yes. that you read into a text yeah i was i was thinking uh we were talking of tradition i want to read this in matthew 15 uh when jesus addressed these traditions i mean head on he couldn't have been more upfront about it in uh, matthew chapter 15 in verse 1 it says then some pharisees and scribes came to jesus from jerusalem so it's not like they're coming to just you know your local uh you know little country church preacher they came to jesus yeah himself and they say why do your disciples uh break the tradition tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread how stupid is that <laughs> to I mean, come and said that that's that's something good for your mama to teach you but yeah. not, not to say <laughs> no, no kid it's biblical um and uh, so they're coming to the son of god himself and saying well, and, and you know, I, I laugh about it, make make light of it, but let's let's be honest. I mean, there are a lot of people that are still confused in, in types of traditions that are not much different than what happened right here. Um, but this is what this is how Jesus answered them uh, in verse three. He he answered and said to them, "Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your traditions?" Ouch! <laughs> for God said, "Honor your father and mother," and he who speaks evil. Uh, of father or mother is to be put to death but you say whoever says to his father or mother uh, whatever I have that would help you has been given to God he is not to honor his father or his mother and by this you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition you hypocrites rightly Isaiah um, prophecy of you these people honor me with their mouth but their heart is far from me but in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. So, man, those are harsh words that he yeah, preached to them here. Yeah, that's harsh teaching, but it was true teaching. He he's saying that all these these traditions that they were they were trying to uphold and trying to, um, you know, kind of catch Jesus and his disciples in this kind of catch twenty two of oh yeah look at your disciples look what they're doing. Um, Jesus flipped it on their head and said, you're making the word of God invalid by your vain traditions that you're doing. Um, but let's fast forward to you know 2020 in Bible Belt USA. How many things are happening in our local churches uh, that are just traditions that are just done in vain because, you know, uh, Mama, Papa, Daddy taught these things. Uh, nobody ever said anything or questioned it. Um, and these things come up and they take them as doctrine when they're just actually a tradition that somebody holds or a preference that somebody holds uh, we get into preferences we can talk about a million things we can talk about dress we can talk about music that's just a couple uh, that'll probably ring some bells but we we hear so many traditions that it has to be like this it has to be like this it's always been that way well um, just to give you an example when people talk about dress now I'm not saying we don't believe in modesty because we do um, but something that, that people get into with that is, you know, uh, you'll hear the verse of scripture out of uh, the book of Jeremiah when it talks about seeking out the old past and walking therein. Well, people will take that as the old past being, you know, 1960 or 1970 American church. And they say, well, you know, we had the power of God in the church back in. Well, you know, Christ said he was going to build his church. So he's been building his church all throughout history. Um, was there times 
you know, where he when he was adding to his church more. I guarantee it. But were there times where we've made the tradition uh, of our elders, those things that we've passed on, just we've made the word of God void by, by teaching and preaching these things as doctrine? Absolutely. Uh, dress is, you know, it's a perfect example of it because if we're going to really be old past, let's go back to uh, sandals and uh, tunics. And well, I mean, I, if you want to get old-fashioned. Yeah, I mean, if you're really going to go back and, and say, you know, well, we used to do this, we used to do that. Well, maybe we did used to do those things. And I'm not even saying that those things are bad things. It's not bad to, you know, somebody wants to wear a dress, wear a dress. If somebody wants to wear a suit, let them wear a suit. Yeah, it, it don't matter, but don't put that on everybody else. Yeah, you can't put your preferences on, on somebody because if you want to go truly by what the Bible says and go back to, you know, um, living as, as and doing things that they did in the, you know, early church in the scriptures, man, we would all, we would look a whole lot different if we're just talking about dress. Yeah. The way that we dress and, and approach church and those things would be way different. And the way modesty is described in the Bible, it means to dress down, mm-hmm. not to dress up and fancy. Right, yeah. So, I mean, really... You're going the other way with it, but I don't condemn anybody that no, wears suits or no, anything. me either. I mean, I'm all for it, man. If you want to wear a suit, wear a suit. If, if you, you want to wear a dress, that's fine. Yeah, but I, it well, don't make you better than anybody else. Yeah, and and so uh, kind of the same thing that, that was with the Pharisees, uh, I think we see in modern-day Bible Belt where there's a lot of uh, pharisaical tendencies, I'll yeah. say that. I don't know if that's a real word, but I just made it up. If it's not, but where people um, will do certain things, and they're not doing them to impress God, they're doing them to get the approval of men, um, and not realizing by doing doing these things that they've made vain uh, the word of God. They've invalidated invalidated the word of God by putting their tradition uh, and making a standard that's higher than what's in the scriptures. You know, I'm all. You know, if you have a preference and you like to do something a, a certain way, God bless you, man. But just don't push that on me. Don't do that. If, if, if you, you want to stick to what the scripture says, absolutely. And so, you know, if you have a a, a preference in, in something that you do, that's fine. Um, but if you want me to do it, you better have a chapter, book, and verse, Amen. to show me where it's at that I need to do it. And if it's in the Bible, man, I'll I'll I'll, I'll humble down and, and you know submit to it. Um, but so many times we find that. Uh, when challenged with that, some of these traditions, it's just, well, that's just what we've always been told. Um, but we have need to study the scriptures more. Uh, and the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit is not to be discredited because God gives grace. He grows us um, in grace and knowledge. And we're not going to understand everything overnight. We're not going to understand everything in six months. It takes It's a lifetime worth of sanctification of God opening your eyes to things that you never have seen before in the scriptures if we're really um honest enough to look at the scriptures without you know in a certain lens and through a certain tradition um so our traditions is is definitely something else that uh causes us to it hinders preaching it really does hinders preaching of the word of god one good thing about expository preaching is you get to preach the whole counsel of god Mm -hmm. i think Honestly, the best way to preach through the Bible, and this is just my opinion, is to simply just go through the way God set it up, book by book, verse by verse, and just work your way through that. That way you don't miss nothing. You can cross-reference everything, Mm -hmm. and it just feeds the sheep. I mean, it just feeds the sheep well, preaching verse by verse through the Scriptures. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you do that, you don't have to 
um, worry about getting into you know uh, giving people a list of things to do and to don't do because the Bible clearly tells us what to do and what not to do. Oh my you know, yes, I used to worry so much. Lord, what would you have me to preach? What would you yeah. have me to preach? Now there's times that God has led me mm. to preach something different. Yeah, but most of the time. If I just preach expositionally mm-hmm. from the Bible, yeah, he works everything else. Yeah, like Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Yeah, you. I mean, you stick to. You can't go wrong when you preach the Bible. No, because it's not. Um, it's not your thought, your opinion. It's what God said. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. no arguing with that. I can come up with something and to say something. This is what blows my mind about this. Say this. Why in the world would I want to bring something up or teach something that I've you know, rolled around in my mind for a little bit that I've not studied out. Why would I want to bring that up in front of people and try to teach other people that? Knowing that it's not God's Word and I could very easily be confronted with that and not have any leg to stand on. But when we go verse by verse, line by line, and preach the Bible faithfully, teach the Bible faithfully, line upon line, word upon word, and preach the Bible that way, there's really no argument. You know, maybe there's there's times where um, we go into further explanation about things that could be confusing, and even with that, as we've said before, um, if if you've come to a passage of scripture and it's confusing for you, go to another passage of scripture that's talking about the same thing, and maybe it gives you a clearer understanding of that. But um, I think a lot of times we use um, uh, another man's opinion to interpret what the Bible actually says instead of using the Bible. To interpret. Instead of using scripture to interpret scripture. Yeah. And there's a reason why people vary and get away from expository preaching or don't want to preach expositories because they want to exalt their self. Mm-hmm. Their ideas. They want to read their self into the text. They want to be all about them. They want to be about their mega personality. Yeah. And you see a lot of self help churches, uh yeah. seeker friendly churches mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And and there's all different styles of, of preaching too. I mean we see that Paul was not a loud man. He was he was a quiet man. And John the Baptist was loud, and you know he had his. And so the style of preaching doesn't necessarily your delivery in preaching doesn't really doesn't matter as long as you're no. preaching biblically. Yeah, and uh, so I think a lot of times uh, we get. I've heard this, and I know you have too. This is a good a good uh, rabbit trail to go down here. Um, but you know, I've heard it. If somebody's not loud and screaming and about to pass out, they're not preaching. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, too. I mean that's that couldn't be further from the truth. Just because somebody's not you know blue in the face, uh, and they're you know preaching a sermon, does not mean that they're not preaching. Well, Doesn't the reason why that, people were so loud in the older days because they didn't have microphones. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they had to preach, and and you know so many people come out to to hear it, and they had to try to be loud enough so other people could hear them uh, for however far out they could go. You know, and I think today. Uh, I don't think I know this for a fact. Um, is I've 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 heard so much preaching to where it almost seems like if you listen to two people preach back and back, it's almost like uh, who can be the loudest, who can get the most uh, amens, who can who can you it know becomes a competition. It becomes it's it's a competition and it's flattery <laughs> of men. We're yeah. seeking flattery of men instead of just getting up. And that's oh, a sin. It is, and instead of just getting up, opening the scriptures preaching or teaching what it says praying closing your bible and sitting down maybe nobody said amen maybe nobody is you know moved by it but that's not 
the preacher's job. The preacher's job is to preach the word. Yeah. As as Paul told Timothy, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and with doctrine. Um, it doesn't say get up and scream for forty five minutes and never even talk about the Bible. This is something that drives me nuts too. Is I say, well, nobody even got to preach today. We had such a good service, nobody even preached. How can you have a a, a church service nobody preach? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. That's not a, a church service. If the word of God is not preached, it's not a it's not a church service. It's a form of worship too. What people don't realize when you preach, it's a form of yeah, worship. It's worship. It's worship. Um, and you know, I'm not throwing punches at people. I'm not being punchy by by saying that. But um, I've heard it f- for so long, it just makes me sick. To be honest with you, if people in competition and uh, men will try to you know out preach other men, and uh, one man will try to preach like another man, but God has gave us all individual personalities. We're all different, um, but it doesn't matter how loud we are. No, it what don't. we sound like um, is God and uh, gave you a call. Now, not everybody's a preacher. Not everybody, you know, um, serves in that capacity. Not everybody has that gift. Um, but a lot of times, I feel like it's frowned upon. Uh, people will say just because somebody's not screaming that they don't have the gift. Oh, yeah, you're not gifted to preach. You're not called to preach. A lot of people say, well, he ain't called to preach. He ain't getting with it. Yeah. Well, that's just not true. Yeah. Men like Charles Stanley, who's been faithful for many yes. years, preach. Yeah. John MacArthur, yeah. don't really get too excited. Mm-mm. But then you have Paul Washer, who gets excited at times. Yeah. And, and you have men like James White, who do more of a teaching style mm-hmm. preaching. And then you have people who are just very gifted in delivery mm-hmm. and, uh, but either way, it don't matter how you deliver your message as long as you're preaching the Bible. Yeah, biblical it, preaching is preaching the Bible. Yeah, that's it. It don't matter if you're monotone or yeah. if you get with it or, yeah. Yeah. or and, not. And I think it's it should be an exciting thing. Um, Steve Austin's commented some on that. and uh, Somebody that's preaching ought to be excited. They should uh, be excited. I mean, it's not like a, you know... Uh, in your Bibles and John Oh yeah, when I'm saying somebody that's more quieter, yeah. I'm not saying they're uh, like they're not that. excited about it. I'm just saying they may you could tell they're excited, but they're not screaming yeah. or exalting and mm-hmm. raising their voice really yeah. high. Yeah, and I've I've seen this you know growing up in, in so many uh, circles that I've been in. If you want to say that, is people try so hard to impress people. They try they're trying so hard to. <laughs> Seth just spilled coffee down the front of his shirt, but it's all good. We're just going to keep recording. I got a black shirt on. It'd be all right. Yeah, black shirt, black silk. Hey, man. Hey, man. Um, I don't even remember what line of thought I was on there. Um, people uh, preach to impress. They're yeah. preaching, and, and as you said, it, it's sin. You're trying to flatter, man. You're not. You're, or I've seen it the opposite as well, um, trying to impress people with your knowledge, yeah. what you know. Um, and the you know I've I've heard great messages from you know a lot of different preachers and some of the best ones I've ever heard is somebody's taking a passage of scripture and maybe that man is is that's preaching this message is just you know biblical scholar level preach a message so simple and so just straightforward that there's no questions about what did he what did he mean there what did he mean there. Um, Paul, as, as Paul even said, he didn't come with uh, these great big words. He came with plain speech, preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah, your pastor is probably one of the smartest men around here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just is. Yeah. He's a good man. 
But he, he don't ever try to go way above your head mm-hmm. and stuff. You could understand it. And I'm sure he could get above her heads easily. Yeah. But uh, It don't take much to get above mine. <laughs> well, me neither. My vocabulary. I can't, I can't even say it. <laughs> your vocabulary. I'm a voc- I said hot Bobby Boucher there from Waterboy. Uh, my vocabulary. My I'm going to do it. football's the <laughs> No, Colonel Sanders, you're wrong. <laughs> but my vocabulary is not high at all. And I, I mean, I struggle sometimes when people use big words to be honest sure, with yeah. you. And and by the time they're on their third point in their sermon, I'm trying to figure out what in the world the word vicious means or yeah. if I even said that right. Yeah. And I think it's, we see it in scripture as um, the different preachers and people that, that taught in scripture is they knew their audience too. <laughs> You're still laughing about that. We just quoted Waterboy. <laughs> I can't believe we quoted Waterboy. That's How right. spiritual is that? Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, not going there. Um, but a lot of times we see different preachers. They knew their audience. Yeah. <laughs> You're cracking me up at your face. Oh, man. Um, they knew their audience. They really did. So Paul said he became all things to all people. He, if he was going and preaching to people that were on the street, he wasn't preaching with big fancy words, but if he was in front of people that were philosophically just, you know, in the synagogue, and yeah, everything. He, he he knew how to address those people. Mm-hmm. Same with Jesus. Jesus went into the synagogues and and taught. He taught them from the law and these things that you know would confuse them. <laughs> You're cracking me up. Man. I'm trying my best not to laugh because Seth's just looking at me with his face like he's trying not to laugh. All right. Um, but then also we see that he'd go out on, on boats on the side of the seashore and preach to people that would come from, from miles and miles to hear him. I'm sorry. Every time I start to say something, Seth's trying his best not to start laughing. So, I don't know. I hope it's helped people. Seth, you got anything else you want to say? Now, that's what I call high-quality H2. <laughs> Gatorade. Gatorade. Oh, In all seriousness. We're idiots. We're In idiots. We're saved by the grace of God, but we're idiots. Yeah. Um, in all seriousness, uh, if you're listening, I would find that I would make sure you're a good biblical preaching church. That way you could grow in grace and grow in the knowledge and wisdom of our Lord and Savior. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, find you a good Bible preaching church. Yeah, and test test the scriptures with what you're hearing. Yes, test Examine, the scripture. Don't just and I'm, and I don't, I don't say this as a knock to any local pastors or anything like that. But um, if your preacher's preaching something, take what he's saying and examine it with the scripture and say, does it actually line up? And if it doesn't, maybe ask him about it. Maybe he may have misspoke something and doesn't realize that other people may have taken it the same way that you did and yeah. he, he can correct i'm not saying you know you're chasing him around saying well did you really mean this I'm, i don't <laughs> i don't mean to doing that but what i'm saying is examine the scriptures with what you're hearing and uh, and say well does it line up with the bible does it does it really point me to jesus that's the most important thing yeah. so you got anything else you want to say before we shut this one down nah, i believe i'm done all right well we've we've goofed off enough tonight and i hope that uh through the through our stupidity uh you kind of got to see a little bit of what we normally edit out uh all of our goofiness but uh, hopefully you know this has pointed you to see what biblical preaching is uh because 
not because of what we've said, but because of what the Bible says. So if you got any questions or anything, just give us a shout, uh, message the Facebook page, or I think the um, the podcast has, has a way on the app that you listen to that you can send us messages through that as well. Uh, but if you have any questions or anything, just give us a shout, and we'll cut it off there. Good night. God bless.